0: Well, welcome back once again to our series on the book of Proverbs. And today we're in chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. So, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. And let's go ahead and read. Hear my son and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have directed you in the way of wisdom, I have led you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day, for the privilege of being able to study your word with, with young people, Lord, maybe even Around the world, and I I pray for them, Lord, that they will know your son. They will grow to delight in him, to trust in him, to be conformed to his image. And Lord, I pray as those believing, as those saved by grace, that they would look into your word and learn wisdom and obey it. Oh, dear God. My time on this earth, much of it has been spent, but many of the young people who are listening to my voice, their life has just begun. Oh, dear God, I pray that it begin well, most importantly, that it end well. For their own good, Lord, but most importantly, for the the glory and honor of your son. In Jesus name. Amen. Now we're going to, of course, talk about wisdom today. And um, you're going to hear something that you've been hearing over and over and over again. And that is hear, listen, learn, obey. As a matter of fact, as you go through the first several chapters of the book of Proverbs, it just seems to be saying the same thing over again hear, listen, obey, hear, listen, obey. But young person, listen, the um, it's not all that complicated. Now, I didn't say it was easy. It can be extremely difficult, but it's not all that complicated. First of all, it's believing the gospel. That's the doorway and it's the path and it's the end. It is trusting Christ. Today I sit here with a strong assurance, a confidence, a joy of a future home and glory. It is only because of Christ, not because I teach the Bible, not because I was a missionary, not because I've sacrificed something. Young person, do you realize that if I were to be judged, not just for my best day, but for the best moment of my best work, it would not be sufficient for me to regain communion with God. Our life with God is completely and only exclusively because of the person and work of Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. And yes, we want to learn the book of Proverbs and we want to be wise and we want to walk in a, the manner of noble people. But that is not the hope of our salvation. Not by works. We will never be able to boast, except in the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Very, very important. Now, uh, we're just going to go through this. There is so much to learn and so much that you need to hear again and again and again. Now, how do I do that? Because I'm a lot older than you are and I need to hear it every day, so Proverbs chapter four, verse 10 begins with, I want to read two verses here. I want to look at the admonition that is given to us. Um, And they're found in verse 10 and verse 13. So verse 10, hear my son and accept my sayings and the years of your life will be many. Verse 13, take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is. Is your life. So we have admonitions and we have the consequences for obedience. So let's first look at the admonitions Hear my son. Now, the word there means to perceive, to pay attention. Um, how many times has your mother said to you or your father said to you, Are you listening to me? Didn't you hear me? And what they're implying, not only did you hear the sound, but also, did you understand it? And understanding it, have you responded? And that's the same way in the Word of God. It's a, it's a synonym, basically. Hear it means hear and obey, hear and respond, hear and act. And this is so very, very important, especially if you like reading the Bible, especially if you, if you like studying doctrine and theology. Um, it is so easy to hear. In a way, it's very easy to learn, and it's also quite easy to boast in what we have learned. But none of that is the goal of learning. The goal of learning is to obey. The goal of hearing is to understand and obey. So he says, Hear, perceive, pay attention, son. Verse 10, not only are we to hear, but it also says we are to accept what we hear. The word means to take, to take in hand, to take something in hand, not only take it in hand, but to carry it with you, to make it your own. And young person, unless you have a photographic memory, this is why we read the Bible like this passage we meditate on it we think about it now when you hear the word meditation I don't want you to think that you're supposed to go up on a mountain cross your legs and and chant some mantra that's not what we're talking about we're simply that over and over you think about what you've read you know I'm from a farm and, and cows chew their could and um, what does that mean well they have four stomachs and so they They chew up the grass and they swallow it and they regurgitate it back up and they chew it again and they swallow it. And they regurgitate it back up and they swallow it, so on and so forth. And you know what they're doing? They're getting all the nutrients out of that grass. It's the same way you and I are to, we could say, chew up the word of God, swallow it, chew it up again, swallow it. Uh, You could take any one of these verses and spend the rest of your life meditating up on it and considering how it can be applied to your life. The Word of God is in some ways like God in that it, is, it cannot be exhausted by you or I. So we want to not only hear, but we want to take it with us everywhere we go. Remember, there are some people who just have a quiet time. They meet with the Lord for about 15 minutes and it's as though they lock their Christ- Christianity and the Bible away in a closet and come back the next morning. That is not the Christian life or you just do these things for church. That is not the Christian life. You study the word in order to take the word with you, wisdom with you throughout the day so that you can actually apply it to your life, glorifying God and staying out of trouble. So he says, hear my sayings. He says, accept my sayings. In verse 13, take hold means to seize, to grasp. The idea is to to grab a hold of something with firmness, and with strength to grab a hold on it as though your life depended upon it, because I can assure you that it does. Now, remember, young people, do you really think I'd be wasting my time here if this was a trivial matter? I'm teaching you because knowing the word of God is life and death. Obedience leads to life. Disobedience leads to death. Knowing Christ is life, not knowing Christ. His judgment in some ways I can apply what the Apostle Paul said regarding the gospel. He said that he was an aroma of life to some. He brought life to them because they believed the gospel. He was an aroma of death to others because they refused to believe. And in refusing to believe it resulted in their condemnation. So this is very, very important. And you should you should hear it. You should accept it as true, the very words of God. And then you should take hold of it, seize it. So in verse 13, take hold of instruction. Then he says, do not let it go. Do not let go. The word literally means to let something sink or fail or just leave it alone, abandon it. Don't let it go. And here's what you need to understand. It's really easy to start a race. It's very difficult to finish one. It's very easy to accept something into your life. It's also very, very easy to neglect it, to forget about it, to let it go. And that is why we study scripture over and over and over again. I really can't tell you how many times I've studied the book of Proverbs, but it's a lot. Even with my children, the oldest one being 19. How many times we've gone through the book of Proverbs? I really could not tell you, but it's been several. So we constantly need to be reminding ourselves so that we do not let go of what we learn. And then it says, guard it, keep it, treasure it. What is the greatest treasure? It's not wealth on this planet. It's not the wisdom of men. It's not fame. What is the greatest treasure? The greatest treasure is God's word. Holding on to God's word. And so it's, it's not, young people, listen to me. This is not just about. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to study this because I have to, or I'm going to guard this because my life depends upon it. The more you study it, the more you love it, you love God's word, you begin to delight in God's word. So it's not just something you have to do, it's something you want to do. Now, so we've talked about that, the admonition. Now, I want to talk about stewardship for a moment. Stewardship. It's it's our responsibility. Once we hear the word of God, how do we react? Uh, We will be held responsible. Now, the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about the responsibility of parents. So if your parents aren't in the room, tell them to come in. Um, Because look at verse 11. The father, we presume, is speaking here. We can say the parent and says, I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. Now, here's a question to the parents. Have you done this? Have you directed your children with regard to wisdom? And that means more than just telling them to clean up the room or stay out of trouble. Have you actively, proactively pursued Directing your children in the way of wisdom, never forgetting. that the end of all wisdom, true wisdom is Jesus Christ, directing them to Christ and directing them to his word. I have led you in upright paths. Do you lead your children? Or do they kind of lead themselves? Are you so busy that you just leave them alone? Parents, we have a tremendous responsibility and we can see it here. Now, I want to say something. Um, your big responsibility is to be a part of a biblical local church with godly elders and and to take your children to set under the teaching, biblical teaching of biblical men. But you also as parents have the responsibility to teach them the word of God and to exemplify, to be an example of someone who obeys the word of God. Now, responsibility of parents. First of all, we direct our children in the way of wisdom. Through teaching, instruction, leading to a disciplined life, leading to an ordered life, according to the will of God. Now, I want to go back to a classic passage, parents. We've gone through it a couple of times. Won't hurt to just mention it again. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four through seven. Let's read. Hear, O Israel, which means pay attention, obey. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. He's, he's sovereign. He's God. He deserves our allegiance and our obedience. The greatest way in which we show our allegiance to God, verse five, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Even when we look in the New Testament, first Timothy, we find that the goal of teaching, of true instruction, is love toward the Lord, our God. It's, it's not just teaching children to do the right thing. You can, you can teach a monkey to do the right thing. But it's teaching them to love the Lord, our God. And we do that by our teaching, but also by our example. Parent, let me ask you a question before we go on. Would your child be able to say, You know, I've watched my dad, and I can tell, you know, in in all his imperfections, that he does love God. He truly loves God. You know, my mom, sometimes she burns the bread, (laughs) but she really and truly loves God. Sometimes she has to come to me and ask for forgiveness because she's just a, a human. She's imperfect, but she loves God. I can see it. Let's go on. Verse six, these words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up, it says they shall be on your heart. People always immediately go to scripture memory. You need to memorize scripture. Well, that's that's not what this is saying. You can memorize scripture and it still not be in your heart. It's internalizing scripture. Yes, memorization takes a part of that. But the idea is that as you feed upon scripture, it becomes a part of you, becomes something that you love, becomes something you need. Um, Go back to old John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. They said, you know, if you cut him, he would bleed the Bible. That's the kind of, that's what we're talking about. And he says, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. This means more than a family devotion. It doesn't mean less than a family devotion, but it does mean more than a family devotion. Um, In my family, we have family devotion uh, probably four or five times a week in which we study the word of God and we pray together. Uh, But it's more than that. It's when when you're walking by the way, I used to spend a lot of times in the woods with my boys. And even there, we talk about God. We'd see something amazing in nature. We talk about God, not in a forced way. It's just that if you have internalized the word and if you do love God, uh, you don't really find many things in this world that, that don't relate back to him. Let's go to Ephesians just for a moment, 6-4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, You know, there's a lot of times we just had some sort of a power outage here, but we're going to be okay. we're back. Um, Fathers oftentimes get very angry at their children. And um, no one is beyond anger. But if we do find ourselves angry with our children, we should ask their forgiveness, Um, humble ourselves before them. But here's something that um, I'd like to help you be less angry with your children. And how can we do that? Well, um, if you invest more in your children, You know, I've heard parents complain, so disappointed in my child, and I ask them this question. How much time do you invest in your child? You know, we have a saying, you're trying to build a spaceship with bailing wire. Uh, You haven't invested much in the project. So we're angry because our children don't know how to act at a restaurant, but how much time have you invested at home teaching them how to act? Uh, they don't know how to um, show respect. How much time have you taught them how t- to show respect? You see, no one was born with wisdom. We're taught wisdom, and and a lot of times we're angry with our children because they don't act, they don't become what we desire. But we haven't put much into them. And yes, as I've already said, the church can make a great investment. Uh, Sunday school at times, a biblical Sunday school can make a great investment. But the fact that other people are making investments in your children doesn't mean you've done the right thing. You are to make an investment in your children. Do not provoke your children to anger. Well, how can I avoid it Or, or at least minimize this? Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so um, when he says in chapter 4, verse 11, I have directed you in the way of wisdom, I have led you in upright paths. He's saying as a father, this is what I've done as a father and a mother. This is what you must do, because Proverbs not only talks about the instruction of a father, but also the instruction of a mother. So the responsibility of parents is direct through teaching, direct through teaching, but also leading by example. I'm just going to bring up two verses that we've talked about before, but they're so important. And I know, look, I live in the real world. Um, I spend most of my day either studying the Bible or teaching it, and I need to be reminded of these things constantly. We have to lead through example. You don't just direct your children, um, teach them things. You also show them by your own example. And that can be, how do you obey the Lord and His will? But also, how did, what do you do when you find that you don't obey? You humble yourself, you ask for forgiveness. You begin again with new hope because the work of Christ is perfect. So one of my favorite passages, Ezra 710, for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Now, I want to talk for a moment to the fathers. Look me straight in the eye. Is this you? You say, well, I'm not a teacher and I don't care. Is is this you? Have you set your heart to study God's word? At what time during the day? How much time do you allocate to that? Yes, I know you may be a very, very business, a busy man, a businessman, a welder, a carpenter, you may be putting in 10, 12 hours a day, I understand that. It's still no excuse. Have you set your heart to study the word of God? You say, well, I go to church, you know, I have been in churches with phenomenal preachers and they're such a blessing, but it's not enough. You are required to search the scriptures. Have you set your heart to study the law of the Lord? Have you set your heart to practice it? Is that your main goal? To be obedient to the word of God, is it? Is that reflected? Do your children see that? You know, I can say that my main goal in life is to be the greatest boxer who ever lives, but if I never train, uh, no one's going to take me seriously. And then do you set your heart to teach? Parent, do you realize, well, I just want to give my children the things I never had. That's not really biblical. You give your children the things the Lord commands and he commands you to bring them up in the discipline and admonition of the Lord. Um, and we all need to be reminded about that. First uh, Corinthians 11, one be imitators of me, Paul says, boy, that sounds proud, doesn't it? But then look what he says, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ, you know, do it because I said so. Well, yeah, children should obey their parents, but do it as I said, because I said so. Really, um, you need to explain yourself. Um, Our authority comes from our conformity and the conformity of our our words. Our commands to our children, to the word of God. You see, that is extremely, extremely important. And Paul is saying here, yeah, be an imitator of me, but only to the degree that I imitate Christ. You see, that's the goal. You know, sometimes so many times over the years, I've had to go to my children and say, um, you know, I was I, I was just neglectful of you when you asked me that question. I was thinking about something else and forgive me. Don't imitate me in that because in that I wasn't imitating Christ, you see. And so we're all going to fail because Christ is, well, impeccable. He's perfect in all his ways. But if we're going to raise children, we need to study the word. We need to practice the word and we need to teach it whenever we get the opportunity. All right, well, we've looked at the stewardship of this passage for parents. Now, when we come back in our next lesson, we're gonna look at the responsibility of children. And children, your responsibility is just as great, especially if your parents are investing in you with the word of God. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.